Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Hi and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly, I'm an eating disorder recovery coach and I'm here today to talk about eating disorders, funnily enough, and what they are beyond the description that's commonly used as a fear of weight gain. Now before I really dive into this episode, I'm just going to say that every time I seem to try and record an episode of this podcast... I have the windows open and the birds just seem to come alive and start singing really, really loudly every time I'm trying to record an episode. So they obviously have a lot to say as well and they wanted to chip in. So if you can hear the birds singing, that's what it is in the background. Today's episode then is, as I say, what are eating disorders beyond the description used as a fear of weight gain? Eating disorders are very frequently described as a fear of weight gain. And this explanation is used to explain so much of what eating disorders are, how and why they manifest, and what needs to happen for recovery. And this explanation can actually be quite confusing to some people with an eating disorder, because their experience of an eating disorder does not feel like it is a fear of weight gain. Perhaps rationally, they do not fear weight gain, or even if they have discomfort at the thought of gaining some weight, It's not a fear to the level that the eating disorder creates in them when they do try and eat more food or change some other disordered behaviours or routines. Therefore, in this episode, I want to speak a bit more about this concept that eating disorders are a fear of weight gain and the way in which I understand eating disorders and what to me they are above and beyond this very simple description. With an eating disorder, no matter what triggers it in the first instance in an individual, and I understand eating disorders to stem from a person having the genetic predisposition to develop an eating disorder in the first instance, and then those genes being switched on by a person going into energy deficit for a period of time, which means their body is under-resourced and they're consuming less energy than their body actually needs. And that Energy deficit can come from any number of causes originally. It might be from dieting. It might be from exercising more than they're fueling. It might be from not eating due to a distressing life event. Or perhaps a physical illness that left them less able to eat or that put a much greater energy requirement on their body than they could subsequently meet. But no matter what triggered the genes to switch on, once they've been triggered, the person is then left with an eating disorder. And that eating disorder in people seems to create a biological drive to eat less, eat restrictively, engage in behaviours to compensate for eating and pursue all kinds of behaviours and restrictive eating patterns that subsequently can result in more and more weight loss. Although I always put the caveat in here that this doesn't mean a person necessarily drops to a very low BMI or even a BMI below the healthy in inverted commas range, but a weight that is less than their natural body weight should be. And as their body weight drops and they go into this energy deficit and the eating disorder is taking hold of them, 
the person develops an aversion to doing any of the things required that might lead to them gaining weight. And that aversion is very often manifesting in them as an incredibly strong fear response. But this doesn't mean that the person themselves on a rational level is scared of weight gain, but that their brain has very mistakenly perceived anything that might lead to a person getting enough nutrition into themselves or not purging their nutritional intake in some way as a direct threat to their life. And yes, this might stem from the flee from famine evolutionary response, which is a theory of eating disorders that many of you will also be familiar with. And that's not something I'm going to go into a lot of detail about in this episode, but perhaps I can in a future episode if that would be helpful. What I am saying then for this episode is that fear of weight gain or fear of things that might lead to a person gaining weight is a very biological, deep, strong and baseline fear reaction in a person with an eating disorder. But that might not translate to them rationally believing that they don't want to gain weight or that they want to lose weight. What we're talking about here is emotional fear response brain versus rational brain, where the emotional and fear response side of the brain generally wins those battles if it perceives it necessary to take over the actions of the person with life-saving measures, even if the emotional brain has picked up on life-saving measures mistakenly, as is the case with eating disorder fear reactions. And of course, weight gain is a very necessary part of recovery from an eating disorder for 99.9% of people. And that is uncomfortable for most people. And most people don't like it and find it hard to accept and do fear it, even on a more rational level. And that's largely due to the culture we live in. But the biological drive to avoid weight gain or even pursue further weight loss is so much stronger than anything a person might rationally think or believe. And this is where the explanation of eating disorders being a fear of weight gain as a simple way to try to explain them can seem very oversimplified and actually not easy to understand, either if you are the one sick or someone who is around another person with an eating disorder. The description of fear of weight gain can very often seem to be oversimplifying things for people with eating disorders as well as leading people without eating disorders to have even greater misconceptions about how dangerous and powerful an illness eating disorders really are. But as I also said, this episode is not to say that people with eating disorders don't have a conscious fear of weight gain within the illness. Many do have that conscious and not just subconscious strong fear of weight gain. But that's not true for all or even if it is, not to the degree that they might feel that it explains why the illness is causing the very real, powerful and sometimes deadly symptoms and reactions that they're experiencing with the eating disorder. So then, with all that being said, beyond describing eating disorders as a baseline, inappropriate and strong fear response to weight gain, or even a deep-rooted, potentially evolutionary response to a famine situation. What else are eating disorders in terms of their symptoms, the way they manifest and the ways in which they are then maintained 
and why they are so hard to recover from? Well, to my mind, the answer to this is far from simple. And fear of weight gain is a very oversimplified description as to what eating disorders really are in their all-encompassing and all-consuming reality. However, despite my explanation for eating disorders and the symptoms experienced not being simple, I'm going to have a go at breaking it down for you. So first of all, I would say that eating disorders are an irrational and inexplainable, extremely powerful fear response to food-related situations. And that can be eating more food, eating different types of food, eating at different times, eating with people, not eating with people, eating with different cutlery, eating in a different environment, not being able to eat when you feel you need to. And I could go on and on with a huge number of other situations. It's very hard to easily try to understand all these fear reactions that are real and powerful to be a simple, deep-rooted fear of weight gain. Because I know in my case, I might have had some foods I found safe to eat that my brain was familiar with and understood were safe and not a threat to me or my life. But I could then face a new food, despite it being of equal or lesser energy value to my usual safe food, and have a huge fear response to it. And similarly, eating with different cutlery. Some people experience massive fear reactions at eating their yogurt, as an example, with a different spoon. It could be said that the spoon you use to eat the food with is not going to change how much you eat or the way in which you eat it, but the fear response is immense that they experience. Therefore, I would say that eating disorders are an irrational and inexplainable, powerful fear response to food-related situations. What those situations are differs for each person with the illness, depending on what they've had ongoing exposure to, even with the illness, or what they've not had much exposure to, resulting in their brain perceiving those unknowns as an intense threat. Eating disorders can also be an irrational, inexplainable, powerful, and strong fear response to being sedentary, not moving, not exercising. And again, this doesn't correlate for everyone to being a fear that if I am still, I will gain weight. With the urges to move and the compulsions to exercise, it's also believed from the evolutionary response to famine theory for eating disorders that this compulsion is derived from a baseline evolutionary brain perceiving a food scarcity and famine situation and so driving the person to move and migrate to find food. And that's certainly a theory with a lot of credibility. But to my mind, there are so many more complex reasons for what's causing this neurobiological and physiological intense fear reaction in a person with an eating disorder when they try and rest and not engage in movement than these simple explanations alone. Next, I would say that eating disorders are an irrational, inexplainable and powerful illness that will cause a person to become obsessive or compulsive over different things. And again, those things can be very different for each person with the illness. And some of those things will be food-related and some not. They, of course, might also be movement-related. They might be related to very ingrained habits or thought patterns. They might be related to food and eating, from buying it, preparing it, storing it, eating it, and so on and so forth. 
And of course, some of these do come from the scarcity mindset that people who have eaten restrictively have as well. And some are less easy to explain, but they are real and powerful and often not necessarily easy to correlate to even a deep-rooted fear of weight gain or pursuit of thinness. Following on from all of this, eating disorders become a powerful means to control difficult emotions, such as distress, anxiety, trauma in the past, and much more. And even if we don't ascribe to the eating disorders stemming from trauma theory, which I don't, as eating disorders are definitely more complicated than that, and very, very many people don't have trauma in their past but do have eating disorders. But even if you don't ascribe to that eating disorders and trauma history theory, it's true that when a person has had an eating disorder for any length of time, an eating disorder becomes an incredibly powerful and learnt means to control difficult emotions, to control stress or distressing experiences. Eating disorders are a powerful tool to numb emotions and to block out the distressing reality a person might be in. And that's something that also holds the person in the illness very strongly once they've developed that emotion regulation tool from it. And then, of course, recovery necessitates finding new ways to manage any stressful situation, however small that is. And often the ways that people recommend, like self-soothing or having baths or talking to friends or colouring, distraction or watching TV, are nowhere near as effective or instantly soothing as the eating disorder behaviours of restriction or purging or exercise or other disordered habits are to instantly numb those emotions. As well as this, eating disorders are strongly ingrained and really hardwired habits after any length of time of being unwell. Because an eating disorder has become such a powerful means to control emotions and manage any level of stress or distress in a person's life, those disordered habits and behaviours and thought patterns are more hardwired into the brain of the person with the illness than most other habits will be. And the brain wires in things most strongly that are linked to emotions or that lead us to avoid situations that the brain has perceived as directly threatening, as has happened in the eating disorder, or to actions or thoughts that will help us avoid distress. Therefore, disordered habits, whether they're related to food and restriction and eating habits or movement or other compensatory behaviours, or whether they're related to disordered beliefs about body image or about how the illness serves you, they will all be so ingrained and so instantaneous that your brain will fire off down those disordered pathways before you've had a chance to even begin to engage your conscious mind and realise what's happening. Therefore, your avoidance of certain foods will come from an inexplicable and intense fear reaction to those foods, but then that's coupled by strongly wired in habits that have been followed for months years or even decades that force you to avoid those foods and to not even notice them as available to you any longer. And this is also true for things like movement habits that are so ingrained and strong that you're following those routine and ritualistic behaviours each day before you even realise you have because they are so hardwired and so very habitual. 
So this makes recovery not just about overcoming the irrational fear response, which is very often inexplainable in any simple terms, but also about overriding hugely ingrained and strongly built habits. And for anyone, even without the complication of the eating disorder-generated fear reactions, habit change for anything in life is also really, really hard. Next, when we're talking about what eating disorders are and what maintains them, there are the added psychosocial or life experience complications to eating disorders, what they are and how and why they both manifest and persist. Tied in for anyone with an eating disorder are the added complications that stem from their life history, be that their relationships with others, their experiences in their past and over the years of the illness, their deep-rooted beliefs or values that might stem from any point in their past. These can all impact on how the person perceives the eating disorder in their particular case, what it means for them, what their particular fears are in terms of letting the illness go, what the complications are for them in overcoming the habits and the fears that hold them in the illness. And for most clients that I speak to, and for myself as well, that is or was so much more, so, so much more than a simple fear of gaining weight. At the end of the day, eating disorders are so incredibly complicated. And even now, we are only just beginning to scratch the surface of what eating disorders are and what they stem from. I do closely follow the genetic studies related to eating disorders. And I do believe that the theory of eating disorders being an adapted response to famine situations holds an incredible amount of credibility to me and made the most sense to my experience with an eating disorder in a way that nothing else does. But the causes of eating disorders and the complexities of eating disorders are still very much being understood. In many instances, eating disorders as a baseline, irrational and powerful fear response to any situations that the brain has perceived as might cause weight gain is a theory that holds some credibility. However, to my mind, eating disorders are much more complicated in terms of what they actually are, what they stem from, how they manifest, and the factors that then maintain them than this simple explanation alone. And I do really think that we need to be more open-minded in our understanding and consideration of this very complex illness. To oversimplify it is to me both harmful, as it does not allow for wider thought, interpretation or further explanation of a particular person's experience in the illness, and it can downplay just how powerful and real the illness is to the person with it each and every day. For some people, for many people, the fear of weight gain is a very strong part of the illness, and I am not disputing that. But the fear of weight gain is only a part of what the illness is for them and what's maintaining it now and why it's so hard to overcome. And I don't think we always need to create a story for what a person with an eating disorder might be afraid of when they're attempting to eat more or eat differently or change other behaviours or habits. There's not a story that could ever be given that would even begin to explain the level of fear that people with eating disorders face when they have to change their eating patterns and disordered behaviours and their thoughts in recovery. Or an explanation that will even begin to demonstrate how much mental focus and mental and emotional energy the habit change to override the illness actually takes 
each and every moment of every day. For me, the fear reaction experience with an eating disorder is so real and so powerful and so instantaneous, but impossible to put a simple reason on it, other than it being an intense and powerful and inexplainably irrational fear reaction to situations that the brain of a person with an eating disorder has attributed to be a direct threat to their life. And yes, that level of fear reaction might come from using a different spoon to eat their yogurt, to the point that if they can't use their same spoon, they can't eat the yogurt. And that might sound ridiculous, but it's real. And that's how powerful this illness really and truly is. But please, please also understand that just because the illness is powerful and not necessarily easy to explain or make sense of, doesn't mean that it's not possible to overcome those reactions, to change those disordered habits, to find ways to manage hard emotions, distress or even past trauma in new ways that will work for you and don't resort back to the disorder. Those things for your recovery are definitely all possible. And yes, it will mean weight gain. That part is inevitable. And I'm not saying that the weight gain is going to be easy to tolerate either. I know you're likely to find that incredibly hard to sit through and accept and tolerate as you're gaining and still having to eat and rest. But I think the weight gain you can deal with and your illness is not just fear of those gains. Far from it. Because you can more than tolerate the weight gain and you can and will more than tolerate recovery. Overcoming all aspects of this complex and very poorly understood illness. So that's my episode for today. I'm sorry, it's quite a long and quite a heavy going episode perhaps, but I just wanted to put it out there that eating disorders are complicated. If the explanation of eating disorders being a fear of weight gain doesn't really ring true for you or always felt a bit clunky and a bit wrong, then perhaps some of my other explanations of what eating disorders might or might not be hold a bit more credibility to you. Either way, what you have to do for your recovery stays the same and that's eat, that's rest, That's rewire your brain to understand that those things are not a threat to your life. I'm Heli. I'm an eating disorder recovery coach. If you want to know more about me, you'll find me on helibarnes.com. And otherwise, I will speak to you again very soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.